Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Thursday, October 8th. I'm Nyla Boudin. Here's how we're making you smarter today. There's been a drastic spike in unemployment among Asian Americans. Plus, a historic Nobel Prize award in chemistry. But first, the alternate realities at the vice presidential debate is today's one big thing. Vice President Mike Pence debated Senator Kamala Harris last night in the first and only vice presidential debate. Axios' co-founder, Mike Allen, is here with us now. Mike, what do you think stood out to you most about last night? Well, what stood out to me is we got to know Senator Kamala Harris of California in a way that most Americans don't. Again and again, she stood up for herself when Vice President Pence tried to either talk over her or to interject. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. She said several times that the president wasn't honest, and that sort of seemed to be one of her big lines of the night. You respect the American people when you tell them the truth. No, that was a big part of what the virus conversation was. Vice President Pence was saying the way that you show respect for the American people is to let them make choices in the best interest of their health. He brought that up in defending what sure looks like a super spreader event. That was where he went in trying to speak as the head of the coronavirus task force, a tough record to own at this moment. One thing I will say is I don't necessarily feel like the voters were served because people didn't really answer questions. Well, no, that's right, especially on the important question of whether you would add justices to the Supreme Court. Republicans call it court packing. Now, you've refused to answer the question. Joe Biden has refused to answer the question. Are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to pack the Supreme Court to get your way? One of the keys of this debate is always the candidates trying to connect with people. But there were also some key moments I thought of empathy. What stood out to you? When the moderator, Susan Page of USA Today, asked each of the candidates the identical word-for-word question, in the case of Breonna Taylor, was justice done? And Senator Harris says, I don't believe so. And then talked about how she had joined the protests around the country, making it personal. Mike Pence, he said that our hearts go out to the family of Breonna Taylor. And then he took a hard turn. He said, I trust our justice system. Did this debate meet your expectations? It did, because we got to see Senator Kamala Harris as herself. Vice President Pence as himself, we so often see them in the context of the person at the top of the ticket. Here, they were speaking for themselves. It was kind of refreshing. But when you and I were miking up, we were talking about all these headlines that talk about the civility of the debate. And you didn't necessarily agree with that take on it. I think it's such a low bar now. I I would appreciate that people had answers so they could form opinions. But, you know, I'm not running the debates. Axios co-founder, Mike Allen. Thanks, Mike. Now I have the best day. We'll be back in 15 seconds with the huge increase in young Asian American unemployment. Welcome back to Axios Today. When the first wave of layoffs hit at the start of the pandemic, most believed the job losses would be temporary. But now, the latest jobs report shows those losses may be permanent. 
One of the groups heavily affected by this brutal unemployment crisis is Asian-American workers. That's especially true for young workers under 24. Their unemployment rate has gone up 300 percent. So to put that in context for you, their numbers used to be around 5 or 6 percent in February, and now they're around 20, 22 percent. Erica Pandey is a business reporter at Axios and has been looking into this. Erica, why do we think this is happening? So why it was surprising to me as an Asian-American myself is there's a lot of stereotypes around Asian workers in the U.S. that they're overrepresented in industries like tech, like healthcare, like doctors and surgeons, and that Asian immigrants are doing very well. But Asian workers are very, very heavily overrepresented at the very lower ends of the spectrum, too, that have been hit really hard by the pandemic. So think about taxi drivers, think about nail techs, think about restaurant owners. Asian Americans represent 26% of restaurant owners in the U.S. and 17% of retail store owners. And now that we know what has happened to those small businesses, the fact that unemployment is so high among young Asian workers is no surprise. Erica, I also wonder, we saw hate crimes against Asian Americans rise at the beginning of the pandemic. Do you think that had an impact on this? Absolutely. I mean, racism caused by the pandemic was a huge, huge part of this. People were not going to Chinese restaurants and not going to those parts of town because of the xenophobia and the racism. Geography is also a huge part of it. Asian Americans are, you know, disproportionately represented in the populations of California and Hawaii. And those are two states that have been really hard hit as well. What are you watching for next? When you talk to economists who specifically look at Asian workers, there's been historically a dearth of government programs and initiatives that target unemployment in these populations. And since Asian workers have been so hard hit, there might need to be some help from states and from the federal government to get this population back on its feet. Erica Pandey is a business reporter and writes the At Work newsletter for Axios. It's been almost 120 years since the first Nobel Prize was awarded. And yesterday, Jennifer Doudna and Emmanuel Charpentier made history when they won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry for their gene editing tool, CRISPR. Allison Snyder is the author of the Axios Science Newsletter. Allison, why is this Nobel Prize so important? So this is the first time that the Nobel Prize has been won by two women. And there's a couple of interesting things about their work. There's the science itself. There's the fact that most Nobel Prizes are awarded for work that was done decades before. And these two women published their seminal paper on this just eight years ago. But it's obviously a sign of how important their work is. Can you explain a little bit about CRISPR, how it's being used already? CRISPR is a gene editing tool. And gene editing and synthetic biology really are poised to transform life and biology and medicine. It's already being used to treat patients with sickle cell anemia, but there are many other diseases that people are looking at. This is a really historic win. What was your reaction when you heard about it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really inspiring for a lot of young researchers, for girls who are interested in science, of course. Just seven women have won the Nobel Prize in chemistry, and just 22 have won in the Nobel Prize in any of the sciences ever. Allison Snyder is a managing editor and author of the Axios Science Newsletter. Before we end today's show, we have a very important question from Dan Primack, who hosts Axios' Recap Podcast. I have a colleague who is obsessed with candy corn and wanted me to ask you, what is the appropriate number of candy corns to eat in a single sitting? 
And before we get to the answer, this question is very important because, yes, I am obsessed with candy corn, but I am not the only one. Even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, Halloween chocolate and candy sales were actually up 17% compared to last year. So Dan got the answer straight from the source, the CEO of Ferrara Candy, the makers of Brock's candy corn. So how much candy corn should we be eating? Well, the responsible approach would be a couple times a week and a small handful, plus or minus. You can listen to the rest of the conversation on yesterday's Axios recap episode. And join me in using this as an excuse to eat a handful or three of the most delicious Halloween candy out there. That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Nyla Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.